Hi, Dr. Phil Flox here, also known as John Billingsley. I volunteer for the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific meals to the unhoused seven nights a week. We assist a hundred nonprofits with their food needs. We work with community partners to address food insecurity in Southern California. If you're in LA, come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org slash volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Masks, Delta Shift, and the dreaded Black Bander. Episode 4 had a whole bunch of different stuff taking place as Beta Shift tries to outsmart Delta Shift, while the engineering team is at wit's end with a never-ending workload. As Frankie Goes to Hollywood would say, it's time to relax. So jump in the turbo lift, hit the down button, folks. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek, Lower Decks. When you want to come... Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe companion presented by Fansets. Episode 4 of Lower Decks gives an engineering crew in dire need of a vacation, a Lower Decks crew trying to one-up the dreaded Delta Shift, and Shax and Ta'ana doing things that we never want to talk about or see ever, ever again. Like never. Right now, I need to introduce the best team in the quadrant to talk all things Lower Decks. We are our own version of the Lower Decks crew, so a big old hello and welcome back to Bill and Casey. What's up, guys? Casey, good to see you, bud. Hey there, man. It's great to be back with everybody. Well, almost everybody today. Almost everybody, and uh, we will get into that in just a second. And Bill, uh, you're going to think I'm joking, but looking good as always, pal. Dan, relax. Don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> it's good to be here buddy it's uh I, I don't know how you can say that about Shax and ta'ana because i mean this this is that's yes. a gold mine of stuff there i i don't know i not really want to see it i want to know more I, I i will say i do want to find out what happened to her tail i will i will say that but we'll get into all that stuff later i, I, I absolutely um but we do want to let everybody know that our dear sarah is taking an extended leave over on planet risa uh so until she returns uh you're just gonna have to deal with the three of us so uh wolf yay wolf <laughs> exactly yay um <laughs> As always, uh, we want to get right into the discussion about this week's episode. But before we begin to do that, Bill, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us to give us their thoughts on episode four's Room for Growth. Sure thing, Dan. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. So listeners, <laughs> we definitely want to hear from you. And the best way to do that is to get yourself the Trek Geeks mobile app for your iOS or your Android device. Download it and tap the more button for a whole bunch of ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out our brand new app exclusive shows that you won't be able to get anywhere else. Head on over to trekgeeks.com app to get the details. Plus, you can join the most positive Star Trek Facebook group there is. It's Camp Kittimer, and it is the official group 
of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. It is so super easy to join. Head on over to Facebook, search for Camp Kittimer, answer a few quick questions, and we'll let you write in to take part in all the fun and positive discussion. Like Dan, it is just that simple. I put my pants on. Uh, that's debatable. And of course, a big thank you to our admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark for the amazing job they do running the camp. Please do remember, though, that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Dan. Yeah, little little, uh, little Men in Black 3 there. Um, FYI. Yeah, no, I'm not watching that either. Oh, that's one of the three. Anyway. Oh, no. It before isn't. we start our discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Black alert. Black alert. Before we start our discussion, we do want to warn our listeners that this episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks does contain spoilers. So if you haven't watched Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 4, stop listening right now. Head on over to Paramount Plus, check it out. You're really going to enjoy it. Then head back on over here to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details, whether they are in color or black and white, for room for growth. Okay, let's get right into it, guys. Because, Bill, you mentioned it a minute ago. Let's talk about the holodeck scene with Tana. <laughs> can I just... Ed Shaq. Can I just say, I love the Bonnie and Clyde cosplay that Tana oh, Jackson gave it. And that it's essentially foreplay for them. Mm-hmm. And that you. Diane is Tana's quote-unquote kinky <laughs> sex name. This scene made me laugh harder than anything else in this episode, and I it may shock listeners to know I'm here for it. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, because sh- I know you really well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I joke at the beginning when I said we didn't want to hear about it or see it. This has been something that's been building up for, for over a season now. Mm. Uh, ever since Shax came back from the dead, which I'm glad they referenced in this in this scene yep. um it's something they are definitely a couple and they're going at it i i love how they tease about how how tana lost her tail and we were just about to find out and then no scene uh, uh scene changes and we are just gonna have to wait i hope that that's something that they address again but um to your part uh bill i i did love the black and white uh bonnie and clyde i loved how they turned the safety protocols off in the middle of a firefight i thought that was great <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the things I liked the most, not so much about what was going on in the scene, was how the animators did this. It's a black and white holodeck scene, but when they're going down that maintenance tube, their uniforms start showing in color. Mm. And I thought that was a great, quote, special effect and, and a real good nod to the animators. Casey, I don't know if, 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 I'm on the same pa- if you're on the same page as me, but uh, I thought it was it's pretty It's another cool. wonderful little touch that they, they put into this show. And yeah, yeah, when you're when you're see, like you can be caught up in the excitement of that scene, and the hilarity of it, and that it's a black and white, and then you see these little things because you know that hey, and then when when they start going down the tube, they start getting their color back, and the people are like yeah, that's a great idea. We have to do that. It's these there's some really damn smart people <laughs> creating this show. <laughs> <laughs> there really are. There really are. Yeah, and, and it's one of the things that I think is great. With today's technology, sure, you can probably do that in live action, but I liked how they're able to do it with the animation. It really it really makes the uh, the scene flow really well as they're trying to get to that uh, special uh, terminal to, to do what the lower decks are doing. Um, I, I want to talk about the very beginning of the episode for a second, though. Uh, I mentioned it in my opening. You would never in a thousand years have ever said... 
Dan's going to be real happy if they ever bring back the episode Masks from TNG. <laughs> and yet it worked perfectly at the beginning of this episode. Um, and I loved how it turned the entire ship into that swampy pyramid that we saw in the original TNG bill. It's, I, I'm not a fan of Mask. It was definitely a skip it when we did it on Trek Geeks, but it really worked for the short uh, couple of minutes that we saw it in, on the Cerritos this week. I hate that episode of TNG. <laughs> Yeah. Masks is one of my least favorite episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation throughout the entire seven seasons. However, I love this beautiful callback to Masks because it kind of acknowledges the fact that it's not great, mm. um, but it doubles down on it in the most lower decks way possible. And can I say, mm -hmm. I wish that the TNG crew had used the hand phaser more as a cleanup prop. <laughs> <laughs> because it seems to be the most effective tool on the Cerritos, especially when you're trying to turn your ship back into a ship from some kind of ancient archive. <laughs> Uh, speaking of yep. ancient archives, Casey, one of the things that I thought was really great. No, not yet. Well, you are. Ancient, you are an ancient archive, Casey. Sure. <laughs> sure. That, was, that actually worked, and I didn't even mean it to. Um, one of the things I thought was great was as they were going through the Cerritos, they ended up going into this area that looked like a swamp. So I'm really not sure if it was part of the mask transformation or if there really is a part of the ship that looks like that. I mean, we have, we have whales on the Cerritos, but... Was that a dead dupler in that room? I don't know if you guys caught it. There was a mummy of some kind, and looking closely at it, it looked just like a dupler from season two. Mm. Tell me you saw that. I didn't maybe, notice it. Maybe. Oh my goodness gracious! Yes, listeners, you gotta you no. gotta let me know. Let me know if I'm not if I'm crazy or not. <laughs> oh, you're but crazy. I thought that was a great little continuity. Answer. Yeah, your continuity <laughs> question. He's he's crazy. Well, you know they say in this episode that you know that particular swamp is there because there's you know there's good you know sort of biomolecular qualities or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So I don't believe it's part of the archive conversion of the ship. I believe it sits there, you know, uh, <laughs> near the arboretum on purpose. Yeah. Wow. Kind of like a mycelial network room. Why you kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Why you'd want a hallucinogenic swamp <laughs> on your starship oh. is kind of beyond me. <laughs> Who doesn't? Come on now. <laughs> it's so it's Especially, super safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, on this, like you guys are talking about, I kind of like the fact that they were making fun of masks and how awful that episode was. Because yeah. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. really? We're, we're, we're bringing this back? And then it was just this nice little dig. <laughs> like, mm, yeah, we've had enough of this. Maybe maybe there has to be something else going on. And like, all right. And yeah, hallucinatory stuff. And a nice little mushroom trip going on in the Cerritos. <laughs> I was like, damn. And, that's like college. And it's like the third or... It's like the third or fourth time that they have this whole masks thing going on in the Cerritos, which is even funnier. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> that and Tendi looked kind of like a Starfleet Delta. She did. Uh, mm -hmm. At she one did. point uh, with, with hands, which uh, was kind of like a little badgy throw, uh, throwback also. Um, uh, one of the things that I liked about this episode, they kind of, they kind of, uh, I wasn't too happy with how it ended, but I really thought that the Delta shift was going to, they were going to end up being friends uh, with the beta shift that, you know, we, we saw it happen last week with lower decks with the other, uh, crew from the other ship. They became friends. I'm like, is this actually going to happen? Because we know they're quote mortal enemies, so to speak, but nope, they are Bill Smith evil and they did what they did and, uh, away they went. Well, yeah. well, I mean, hey, go ahead, Casey. <laughs> oh, I was, I was first off agreeing with evil Bill Smith. So but mostly it was just for that, but yeah, 
I was like, ah, I don't trust these Delters at all. And one, it's like, hey, we kind of had a semi-similar storyline last week. So I was like, no, yeah. the Delters are, are just going to somehow screw over our friends. Don't know how, but it's going to happen. I thought it was nice that there was some bonding, you know, despite the fact that it was an elaborate ruse. Yes. Um, and that's a shame because there were actually some really great moments in that bonding. But like Casey says, it just goes to how devious the Deltas are um, and the, how, how they're going to get what they want. And that, I mean, there's just enough, you know, naivete and goodness in the, in the, uh, the betas to fall for it. Oh, yeah. we can all be friends, especially Tendi. She's like all for having more friends. Mm. And it turns out that's exactly the kind of thing the Deltas wanted to prey upon. Totally in character, but it would have been nice if there was some actual bonding. Right. Um, I also like the fact, and, and and I'd like to get your guys' take on this. I thought that the whole idea of where they had to go to get to this one terminal so that they could manipulate the data so that they could get chosen to have this this uh, this... these four rooms we thought uh, on the upper decks kind of reminded me of galaxy quest when they made fun of TOS and how they had to go through these ridiculous (laughs) rooms and traps and stuff to get to where they needed to go. I don't know if the writers did that on purpose, but I, I was thinking that with all the different things that the crew had to go through to get there. It didn't remind me of it. And that's only because, and here comes the hate mail galaxy quest is not star Trek. Oh, I don't think I I don't think it's Star Trek. I think no, it's I know. satire on Star Trek. Um, it, well, it's a but, it's a satire and a salute all at the same time. Exactly. Um, yeah. Some people call it the best Star Trek movie. Sorry, not a Star <laughs> Trek movie. Um, but it, it didn't remind me of that only because it seemed even more convoluted in, in a funny way. <laughs> yeah, Casey, what do you think? I I I love when they put obstacles in the way of characters. And yes. it's like, oh, we, we have to find an even kind of worse route than the other people who are trying to cheat because we're better cheaters than them. But we're going to have a harder <laughs> time to have to do this and go, and go through it. And I was just like, oh, yes, please, please make this a, a very awkward and awful trip for them to try and achieve this goal. <laughs> That's it. I mean, if you can get past the fact that the room lottery just sounds bizarre. You would think that the meritocracy mm-hmm. of Starfleet would be all about performance and earning mm-hmm. it. If you can get past that, mm-hmm. the rest of the episode works. And so it worked for me, despite yep. how weird, how many weird obstacles there were in this case. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse for, for our lower deckers. And I, it, it was funny. I also think it's funny that there was only one terminal in the entire ship that security or whomever couldn't take care of so that they could break into it and do whatever they wanted to it. But it was in the weirdest spot you could find, you could ever find on the ship. Has nobody heard of a database insert? <laughs> you can't have an Ocean's Eleven episode <laughs> if you're not trying to steal something. They don't go, hey, we'll just go down to the bank. We stole the guy's card. Here's the pin number. Just take all the money out. You'll be fine. It's cool. Uh, EOB 11. Didn't the kid from Terminator 2 have this little thing that he plugged right into where the card went and it, it just like found the pin for him on it? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Could have done something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John Connor. Yeah. Anyway, Bill, what else you got for this week? It was, uh, it was, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, we got to talk about the dove. The mm-hmm. dove was fantastic. I knew you wanted to talk about the dove. You know, I mean, I love that the engineers of the Cerritos are painted as serial problem solvers because, I mean, that's pretty much every systems engineer I've ever known. Quite honestly, that's me. 
because I'm a systems engineer. You know, the, my idea of relaxation is solving a problem. So unfortunately, I felt really seen in this episode, although it was far more comedic than my actual life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I did like the dove. I love the fact. Oh, wait a minute. You hear that? No. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. Uh, anyway, um, God. it's great. I, I will say that it was. I'm sorry. I, you know, I have to do it. I, you like Prince, Bill? Wait, Dan. Like Dan, look up in the air. It's your guitar. Sorry. Um. <laughs> it know, was. Dan, I, I will say Bill's it was great satisfied. to see. He's never satisfied. No. 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 He's like a Snickers. Um, he's great. Uh, <laughs> he is great. But uh, I will say that it was great to see the return of the Adosians from the animated mm-hmm. series. Um, that's at least two sightings, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. in Lower Decks. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, that's one of the things that I like what Mike McMahon is doing. You know, he loves Star Trek. He, he has talked about the animated series, and I'm sure Aaron Harvey loves it. Um, they have constant callbacks to, to TAS, whether it's the Adosians. We saw a callback last week. Um, we saw, we've, we've seen several things. But I got to say, was she smoking at the end mm-hmm. of the episode mm-hmm. in the 24th century? Mm-hmm. Tisk tisk, Casey. Wow. Tisk tisk. So if she had a gummy, <laughs> it would have been okay. Yes. Okay. Just oh, just wondering. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to get yelled at either. Captain Captain Freeman and the Cerritos crew stressed her out. Yeah. You know, so well, that's true. She, she took yep. to a you know a, a a compulsive behavior to sort of alleviate her own stress, which really is the <laughs> irony of it all. <laughs> I want to get um, pressed into a giant uh, encasing pillow like uh, like Freeman did. That was kind of cool. What did it do, actually? Um, it felt like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it relaxed her. It turned her into a green bander. That's all we really need to it, know. Green bander, and um, they certainly didn't want that hanging around on the dove. They would have been out of job very quickly. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's nice that they you know chose the name of dove, which is, of course, the symbol of peace, tranquility. Mm-hmm. I could use a, a vacation on the Dove. That would sound pretty amazing. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I get why Captain Freeman truly needed a break. With all the Packlet right. stuff and her trial and everything else that the Cerritos has been through, it's really easy to see why she was about to explode, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. well, it- Although you did mispronounce it, Bill. I think it's tranquility. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> Sorry. Sabotage. Casey? Sabotage. Exactly. There you go. Sabotage. That, that entire ship. <laughs> And that entire crew is got to be way, way over a stress level because they're doing far more than like these other quote support ships are doing. So there, there's a lot going on there. And yeah, when when you're the head honcho, everything everything comes to you. I do, I do have to say though, in some ways, I agree with what was going on with the engineering team and how they were forced to go on this vacation so that they could go back to green bands. But at the same time, it makes me think that in the real world, like we're seeing today, and, and Bill, I'm sure that you can you can relate to it in, in what we do for our job. Sometimes the things that are the most difficult to some people, like solving these problems, is the way that we relax. And I'm glad that they brought that up at the end of the episode. It's not always 
cookie cutter for what's going on for how people need to relax and how they do things. And I thought it was interesting that they brought that up saying, hey, I think it was Rutherford. Hey, we relax by solving problems. I thought that was a great way to 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 show the difference between what Captain Freeman was going with, with her black banding, and what the engineering crew was going through. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but that's what I thought. No, I think you are. I mean, I, I will admit I'm a serial problem solver in it, even at times where I probably ought not be. It's my default setting. You know, I look for a solution, even when it's not necessarily my place to or my responsibility to. You know, even in, in not just at work. I mean, you know, if, if I'm in, in my da- daily, everyday life, and somebody you know presents me with a problem. The first thing my brain does will go, "How can I fix this?" Um, yep. It's just it's just what I do. At times when I want to unwind, um, what do I do? I put together Legos, which are an engineering problem. <laughs> you know, uh, some people do jigsaw puzzles, some people do Sudoku. I like to build things, um, mm-hmm. and everybody has their own way to sort of downshift and and kind of cycle down to what they need to do next, or even to relax. So I can totally understand where the entire engineering team is coming from. Um, mm-hmm. But it also tells me that, you know, I need to adapt my behavior a little more to match my surroundings, kind of like they did. Agreed. Casey, any uh, any other final things that you want to talk about this week on the episode? Uh, there was a lot going on. We've, we've hit a lot of Absolutely. stuff, well, but uh, we've there's always one or two extra things that you have. Yeah, we still got, What's you that? know, Bold Boimler is still with us. Do, you know, he just keeps talking. Totally. Like, I'm going to be bold. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We're starting to get that. We, we we see when the engineer is split from the other group. It, like, the engineer would have said, oh, it's one room. Oh, we can just put bunk beds in there. And none of the rest of yep. them thought of it. And this is the engineer that was stressed out beyond belief. But it was like, okay, we you know, we can just do this. And then there's something, even though I enjoyed this episode much better than last week's for me and i don't know exactly what it is but the humor something is not hitting for me or landing as well as the last couple of seasons and i can't put my finger on what it is yet and i don't know if there's a little bit of a tone shift that that they're working for for maybe later in this season or not but there's something there and i i I would really like to hear from our listeners of what they're thinking on that because there's certain stuff where the humor is just clicking along really nice. And other ones where I go, eh, that was okay. So I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, I, I think I know, I think I've noticed what you're talking about. I think there are episodes where I have not laughed as much. I may have found it somewhat humorous or even just, you know, let the joke slide on by because maybe it hit, maybe it didn't. But I, I think that this one, you know, like you say, kind of resembles more the first two seasons because the the lines were just rapid fire pretty much all episode long in the situations. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure what it is either. Um, uh, so far, I've really liked this, you know, the first four episodes of this season. If I look at it as a whole, I have to believe that part of this is the growth of the, ca- of all of the characters, especially what they've been through. But you're right. I mean, the, the comedic tone has changed a little bit and I, I recognize that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, guys, I'm going to have one final question for the both of you, but we're going to do that after we uh, do some business with America and talk about our friends over at Fansets. Dan, of course, we want to take this moment to thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Yeah, absolutely we do, man. They're great friends and amazing business partners. And the thing is, we just really love their product. You know, the pins are awesome, and they're constantly releasing new Star Trek stuff because they're huge fans 
just like we are. So head on over to fansets.com right now and check out the two new latest releases, which are the Women of Trek Raffi Musiker pin. Is it Musiker or Musiker? I've always wondered it's Musiker, that. I believe. Musiker, thank you. All right. As well as the dreaded Confederation Delta from Picard Season 2. Now, this Delta, as all the other ones these days, is available in both magnet and pin form over at fansets.com. Great additions to any collection, Dan. And I know you love the Rafi pin because with all the women of Trek pins, they got that glitter going on, glitter man. Glitter is awesome. Glitter. glitter. So everyone, you know I tell you every week, I mean it just as much this week. Head on over to fansets.com, put that Rafi pin in a Confederation Delta, you know, the one with the, the blades on the edge, and get a whole bunch of other pins because you're going to want them, and some accessories, maybe even a gift certificate. Put those in your cart, and at checkout, be sure to enter the special discount code TREKGEEKS for 10% off your entire order. That's TREKGEEKS in all capital letters with no spaces. And of course, don't forget, when you spend more than $30 on fansets.com, you will automatically get free shipping in the United States. Fansets! Our pins have character, and we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Okay, so guys, here's the question I have for you as we wrap things up uh, this week. They were all excited to get their own room on the upper deck of the ship. And then all of a sudden, it changed to only being one room that four of them would have to have shared. And the Delta Shifters seemed really awesome with that. Could you see the three of us <laughs> sharing a room on the USS Cerritos as lower deck crew members? Because uh, no effing way. One, one bathroom. I'm just saying that for me. Mm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it this way. You know, it, uh, you know, they say all for one and one for all in the episodes, sort of that three musketeers mantra. Um, unless it's quarters aboard the Cerritos or hotel rooms at the next STLV in Vegas, you jerks are on your own. <laughs> Very well said. I just snuggle up with Bill <laughs> once he's fallen asleep in his room, and he just doesn't. Oh, we've realize seen it. you sleeping, and you look like a mummy, dude. I'm just gonna put that Crypt out there. Keeper right and now. mummy now. Wow. <laughs> she, she, sorry. She whiz. Anyway, <laughs> I just like to think that you were very rested, Casey. It, he yes. was. Yes, I was. Yeah. Extremely rested. Imhotep. Imhotep. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, guys on the Cerritos, uh, as well as here on Discovering Trek Lower Decks, the crew just always want to work, 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 and solve problems. And that eventually caught up with them, as we saw. And boy, I know what that's like. I just, I'm always figuring out ways to, to make the show better and, and to, to give it my all. Anyway, Casey, what, uh, what's up next week on uh, Lower <laughs> what Decks? What does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, is this comedy now what's up what is up next week sir Ow. well dan <laughs> next week we have <laughs> mariner and boimler work the starfleet recruitment booth oy, at an alien job fair onto ghana 4 while rutherford literally challenges himself it's episode five of lower decks reflections and we'll be here to talk about it next week but until then remember that you can subscribe to discovering trek by searching for us on apple podcasts Spotify, or by downloading the Trek Geeks Podcast Network app. And don't forget, you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all of our podcasts and a whole lot of other perks. We want to take a moment now to thank our following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. And we are, of course, so grateful for their support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, uh, Steve Bovia, Peter Craig, 
Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jack and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchon, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Major Self, Jamie Rogers, Casey Shafsky, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashon. If you'd like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at a mere $2 a month. Two hold. I want my $2. Exactly. Of course, for even more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts here on the network. Of course, we have Rewind, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, and With the First Link, among others. And of course, every show is hosted by passionate Star Trek fans who bring an amazing insight into every conversation, even Dan Davidson. Of course, you can find all our podcasts, mm. including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network, no one Dare I say, no one talks Trek like we do. I dare you. No No one. one. Excellent. Well, everyone, uh, thank you for joining us uh, for here on our discussion on Lower Decks, Episode 4, Room for Growth. Season 3 continues to shine with great stories, great humor, and, and, well, great Star Trek. And I gotta say, who doesn't love seeing that the crystalline entity has been added to the Borg fight in the opening credits of Season 3? Fantastic. Bill's raising his hand, so he doesn't love that. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for taking the time to download and listen to the show this week. We're truly thankful to uh, have you listen to the three of us talk Lower Decks. Uh, and speaking of the three of us, as usual, I can't thank my crew enough for the great conversation. So Bill and Casey, thanks guys for making the show so much fun. And I can't wait to sit down with you next week to talk all about Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 5, Reflections. So until next week, Never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Look at that.